shoot a Bible. It's a good friend, A.A. Ron. Today's been a good day. Just been resting a lot. Spending time in God's Word. I'm moving really on that turtle speed, but when I got to, when I arrived at uh, the place where I get my car worked on, the lovely uh, young man, really kind guy, uh, JT, took care of me, the service advisor. He's like, man, you got here right on time. Right on time. This normally be really busy, but... Yes, yes, yes. Not too much damage. Just had to have some filters changed out. Oil changed. Here we are. We're in the book of Jeremiah. Let's get to it. Yeah, I'm here at uh, Panda Express. <laughs> See, you might hear a little some sounds in the background. All right, Jeremiah. I'm reading the introduction the author before he was called as a prophet of the lord jeremiah was a priest leaving in i'm reading the introduction for y'all this out of the tony evans study bible give you a little context so we're talking about the author of the book so before he was called as a prophet of the lord jeremiah was a priest living in anathoth in the territory of benjamin he began prophesying in the 13th year of the reign of Judah's king Josiah and continued into Judah's exile in Babylon. Thus, Jeremiah's ministry started in about 626 BC before Christ, not before common era, <laughs> and continued for several years after 586 BC. It took me a while as a kid to understand the whole concept of before Christ and after the death of Christ. Um, like it's a countdown, the numbers before then were a countdown to zero and then just that whole concept of before Christ and after the death of Christ. It's like, ew, there's like this pipe underneath the like soda machine and it looks so gross it looks diseased it's creeping me out oh i can't look at that ah <laughs> oh. anyway where was i all right so he began prophesying in the 13th year of the reign of judah's king josiah and continued into judah's exile in babylon thus jeremiah's ministry Starting at about 626 BC and continued for several years after 586 BC, Jeremiah saw the downfall of Judah, the destruction of Jerusalem, and the exile of God's people because of the tremendous sorrow this caused him. He is often referred to as the weeping prophet. In fact, that will be the title of this recording, Weeping Prophet. Historical background. Jeremiah's ministry began during the reign of King Josiah of Judah. Unlike his wicked father Ammon or Ammon and grandfather Manasseh, Josiah followed the Lord. You can go see 2 Kings 22 verse 22. I mean chapter 22 verse 2. Read about his father and grandfather and their wickedness. He even led the people to renew their covenant with God. He also brought about many reforms in Judah, including repairing the temple, removing pagan idolatry from the land, and observing the Passover. 
But though Josiah did much good, he could not ultimately overcome the great evils done by the kings who had done who had gone before him, especially Manassas. Therefore, God was determined to bring his anger down on Judah and Jerusalem. Josiah died in a battle with Pharaoh Necho of Egypt in 609 BC. His son Jehoaz, Jehoahaz was king for only three months before Necho imprisoned him and made Josiah's son Jehoiakim king in his place. In 605 BC, Necho was defeated by the Babylonians and Judah fell into the hands of Babylon by the next year. And Jehoiakim rebelled against Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar in about 600 BC. Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah and besieged Jerusalem. He deposed Jehoiakim in 589 or 598 BC, carried his son Jehoiachin into exile in 597 BC and made Zedekiah another of Josiah's sons, king of Judah. Then in 588 BC, Zedekiah rebelled against Babylon and as a result, Nebuchadnezzar ravaged, ravaged Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and carried many of Judah's inhabitants, including Zedekiah, into exile in 587 to 586 BC. Message and purpose. That's the next setting. Hopefully you guys are still awake. And the Homer Simpson monkey is with the symbols is not clanging in your head. As it did for me just now. <laughs> I don't know. When I was a kid, I kind of liked history, but now as an adult, not so much. Not so much. As they say, if you don't know your history, you're failed to repeat it. So it's good to at least know some history. Oh, darn it. Drop my sunglasses, drop my pen. Message and purpose, Jeremiah brought a lot of emotion to his prophetic role, earning him the name the Weeping Prophet. As judgment was being prepared for the sinful kingdom of Judah through the Babylonian Empire, Jeremiah was called to announce the rightness of that judgment because of Judah's great sin against God. His daunting task was to bring this message of rejection to God's people. But in the midst of that, Jeremiah also issued a call to the people to repent so that their situation might be reversed and another call to the people who would not be taken into captivity in Babylon to repent so that things would not become worse. God commanded Jeremiah not to marry as an illustration of the isolation God was feeling from his sinful people. It's so weird. I just read this while I was waiting for my car. And somehow I missed this whole part where God commanded Jeremiah not to marry. There are times in my life lately where I feel like I may actually never get married again. And I'm finally coming to like peace with that and to be okay with that. Now, if we can just sort all this like horniness out, like when beautiful women get in my car, like on Saturday, I had the most gorgeous women in my car, like all day. Beautiful woman after beautiful woman after beautiful woman was in my car. And I was like, man, is this a test? Even my last trip of the day on Saturday was this really sweet lady. She was beautiful, 40 years old. Man, she was gorgeous. But we were talking about co-parenting. She has two teenage boys. And we just had a good conversation about that. 
anyway. And I was so tempted to shoot my shot. Someone's temptation that gets in the backseat of my car. And then I get home and there's more temptation on TikTok. I mean, TikTok and Instagram. <sighs> anyway, God help me. I feel like I could do it. I can do it. It's just a mindset. <laughs> All right, God commanded Jeremiah not to marry. As I see, I want to. I want to wish I could have a conversation with Jeremiah. I'm like Jeremiah. I know there was some baddies, even back in your day, some fine women, and I know they probably were looking at you like, "Ooh, look at this Jeremiah. He's so handsome and young and good-looking fella." You know, I'm pretty sure he was having it thrown at him. What did he do to maintain himself? Did he ever uh, masturbate? I'm just curious. Why does the Bible not talk about masturbation? That's I wish the Bible talked more. I know it talks about lust and all these other things. Anyway, God commanded Jeremiah not to marry as an illustration of the isolation God was feeling from his sinful people. And yet it is in Jeremiah that God reveals a new kingdom covenant he would make with his people to cleanse them, give them new hearts and restore them to him. The good news of Jeremiah is that despite our sin, God offers us restoration if we will repent and return to him. That's a big if right there. What about if we don't repent and return to him? Is there still restoration for believers? That's my big question. Once again, this big question I have of like Christians who die in a state of blatant, rebellious sin toward God in a backslidden state. What happens to them? Because I like to believe the word where it says all of our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. When Jesus died, he died for our past, present, and future sins. Anyway outline here's the outline so this is the breakdown so the first part of jeremiah's is his call to ministry that's the first chapter then the next chapter two chapters two through 45 covers the prophecies about judah and his fall specifically judah's sin and faithlessness call call to repentance in light of coming judgment Jeremiah's temple sermon, Judah's covenant violations, Judah's drought, and Jeremiah's response, Jeremiah's restrictions and Judah's sins, the potter's jar and Jeremiah's persecution, final messages of Judah's judgment, Jeremiah's conflict with Judah, Judah's hope of future restoration, events surrounding the fall of Jerusalem. And then the third part covers prophecies against various nations. And then the last fourth part, of Jeremiah is the conclusion in historical supplements, whatever that is. All right, here we go. Jeremiah chapter one. Oh yeah, Jeremiah is like 50, 50 chapters, I wanna say. No, 50, Jeremiah's 52 chapters, 52 chapters. And this first chapter happens to be 18, 19 verses. So here we go. 
The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests living in Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. It, is also, it also came throughout the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah. When the people of Jerusalem went into exile, the call of Jeremiah. That's the heading for this next part. Verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I put a little note that that's a good argument against abortion. Because here God speaks of before he was even in his mother's womb, God had a calling and a purpose and a destiny for Jeremiah. So what if he lived in a day where people were like, it's okay, it's my body, my choice. You can kill the baby inside you if you want to. It's your body, it's your choice. What if his mom thought that? Then there would be no book of Jeremiah. I set, I set you apart as a pesky fly flying around me. It's annoying. And it's very hot in here. I don't know why I'm even in here, but I kind of like the ambiance. And want my food to settle for a minute before I go to my car. Then I'm going to go wash my car. The car wash down the street. And get back to driving. I chose you before I formed you in the, in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a, a prophet to the nations. But I pro... But... It was a but. It's not a good but. I protested. Oh, no, Lord. God, look, I don't know how to speak since I am only a youth. Who else said that? Sounds like something Moses said. Moses said he didn't know how to speak. And here's another example of like it doesn't matter how old you are God can use you at any age you can be five years old and God you can be a prophet verse 7 then the Lord said to me do not say I am only a youth for you will go every, to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you do not be afraid of anyone for I will be with you to rescue you this is the Lord's declaration Verse 9, then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build and plant. Next heading is two visions. Then the word of the Lord came to me asking, what do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, I see a branch of an almond tree. I looked up what an almond tree represents and it says a symbol of spring renewal and hope um it also down here says almond tree sounds like the word for watch over interesting so the lord said to me you have seen correctly for i watch over my word to accomplish it Again, the word of the Lord came to me asking, what do you see? And I replied, I see boiling, a boiling pot, its lip tilted from the north to the south. Then the Lord said to me, disaster will be poured out from the north on all who live in the land. Indeed, I am about to summon all the clans and kingdoms of the north. This is the Lord's declaration. They will come and each king will set up his throne at the entrance to Jerusalem's gates. They will attack all her surrounding walls and all the other cities of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments against them for all the evil they did when they abandoned me to burn incense to other gods and to worship the works of their own hands.
Now, get ready, stand up, and tell them everything that I command you. Do not be intimidated by them, or I will cause you to cower before them. Today, I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar in bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you, since I am with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. So that's the sign of grace. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you, since I am with you to rescue you. This is the Lord. That's what I'm going to think. When God says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, this is a prime example, because I do not fully understand why God will allow them to be attacked. But be like, all right, but I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to let y'all get destroyed. Or it'll be attacked, but it's not going to be as bad as it could be. All right, let's read these Tony Evans notes. The town of Anathoth was located about three miles northeast of Jerusalem. Jeremiah's ministry covers a period of 40 plus years, beginning in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah. The last of the good kings of Judah and continuing through the destruction of Jerusalem and the people's exile into Babylon in 586 BC. Israel had already been swept away by the Assyrians in 722 BC. Like Moses before him, see Exodus 4.10, Jeremiah, Jeremiah protested God's call on his life because he didn't know how to speak. You stole my words, Tony. I said the same thing. But God delights in them. He copied me. <laughs> but God delights in demonstrating his great power and human weakness. That's why it's good to read the Bible and write your own notes and just let it process and marinate in your mind before you read any kind of commentary. I highly recommend. That's what my friend and my friend Courtney and I were talking about. It's funny. I'm on WhatsApp and I saw Courtney added a picture to her story. It's like, hmm, Courtney over there looking good. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so thirsty, man. I'm so thirsty for affection and love and a relationship. That's why I don't know. We'll see. Seeing that lady the other day who was 40 and single made me think, hmm, I can make it till I'm at least 40. Because there's some things I want to accomplish before I get married again. Like, I want to be completely debt-free. I got like $100,000 in student loans I got to pay off. Tell me, ask me how I got those. I still have no clue to this day how I racked up $100,000 of student loans. But yeah, I got hundred grand in student loans I got to pay off. I got like $10,000 in collections debt that should be falling off here in about a year. What else? I got 25 grand or 23 grand. I got to look and see what the balance is. We'll just say 25 grand in back child support. I'm slowly paying off. And I say keywords slowly because... Um, Every month, I also had to pay $1,200 a month. It's the regular standard child support. But hey, it could be a lot worse. I've been beating people that these dudes out here, there's a dude I met, he pays $2,200 in child support and alimony. And this other woman I met, she said her father of her children pays like $3,300. Like, dang, y'all make some good money to be paying that much. And they're paying it on two kids. These people both had, these both scenarios I gave was two kids. I'm paying twelve hundred off both kids, so yeah, I'm doing all right. It could be a lot worse. 
Uh, so anyway, I got to pay that back child support off. When I do that, I'm going to have a celebration. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do to celebrate, but I'm going to do something. <laughs> what else? Uh, and what is my last debt I got to take care of? I got one more debt. That's all my books. Child support, student loans, collections. These are all things y'all can be praying for me about. One of my prayer warriors. Let your boy be debt free. There's one. Oh, my car. I got. I still owe like eleven grand on my car. So. So all in. What we? What is that? We'll just say one fifty. 150000 in, in debt. Your boy has five years to pay off. So even if I have 30 grand, if I make, I make above 30 grand a year right now, but if I, even if say 30 grand a year, 150,000 dollars. Yeah, I should be able to pay that debt off in five years. We can do it. Here we go. My bad, y'all. I got on a side note. But where was I? Like Moses before him. See Exodus 4.10. Jeremiah protested God's call in his life because he didn't know how to speak. But God delights in demonstrating his great power and human weakness. Amen to that. I say that to God all the time. It's like, Lord, you know how weak I am right now. You know how tired I am. You know how much I don't want to do this. But fill in the blank. I need your strength to accomplish this, to accomplish all that you called me and predestined me to do in this life. You know how much of a sexual drive I have, Lord. I need your help to keep me from, to keep that in check. So, yeah, go see 2 Corinthians twelve nine. Talks about God's power being demonstrated in our human weakness. Jeremiah's message was not one of complete despair and destruction. After the people had experienced 70 years of exile in Babylon, God was going to bring them back to the land and rebuild his temple. Still, it wouldn't be popular. The Hebrew words for almond and watch sound alike in Hebrew. Thus, God would see it, see to it that every word he gave Jeremiah to deliver would blossom and come to pass. Not just some of the words, every word. What Jeremiah saw was an unmistakable picture of the disaster coming upon Judah when the armies of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon was swooped down on Jerusalem. The accuracy of God's word is amazing. While Babylon was actually east of Judah, its armies invaded from the north following the trade routes that took travelers around the Arabian desert instead of through it. You ever just read something and be like, what did I just read? That just happened to me just now. If you have bad news to deliver that people need to hear, there's no use delaying it or dancing around it. I just had this conversation the other day with a friend, my friend Helen, related to a close sibling of hers. Just she knew that the what she had to say to her sibling was a hard word, but it had to be said. And um, she knew that it would cause some backlash and so cause their relationship to not be as close. But I encouraged her that, you know, later on in life, she's going to thank you. So 
I've learned though, unless I'm 100% sure God is telling me to say something, it's better to be silent because the Holy Spirit has a way of getting his message across. And I trust that. You mean to tell me? Yeah. Like, so unless God is really putting on my heart to say something and God has a funny way of like, I'll just start saying stuff that comes in my heart. And I'll be like, where did that even come from? Where did those words, why am I even talking about this? Or like, he speaks through just like songs and scenarios and other people will come across that person's life. God has a way of getting people's attention other than just little old me saying something. So I'm more of a seer than a speaker. Like I see stuff and then it just presses on my heart to pray about it. So it was one more thing. It was really cool. I talked to my grandma and I mailed her flowers for her birthday. And she was saying me, she's telling me that my flower, the flowers I sent arrived right as her friends were singing. Her, she was on the phone with her class, some old classmates, which is a blessing in itself to be able to be alive at 85 and still have classmates also alive and who have their mental faculties or are able to clearly speak and remember things. Anyway. She was on the phone with her class and for them to be singing happy birthday to her. Like my grandma is so blessed and she lives in her house. She gonna have to be in a home. She's 85 years old, still has her wits, is able to walk around. The only reason why she even uses a cane at times is so she won't fall. It's just there is like, this is a protection. Cause you know, once you get older and you start falling, you can have some issues. But yeah, it's harder to come back from that. But anyway, it just really warmed my heart because she said, yeah, Right as, right as my friends were singing happy birthday, then I got this ring on the doorbell and it was your flowers that you sent. And then she said, and then the mailman came and I got your other package. I, I decided to mail her a card too. And um, I sent her this book. It was actually the book that my, um, it was actually the book that my, I got from my dad for his, on one of those father's days, his, father, his birthday, one of those days. But he never used it. It's called The Story of My Life. And it has all these writing prompts and questions about your childhood that you can write in there. And um, anyway, my dad never used it. So I mailed it to my grandma. I regifted it. And uh, yeah, she was, she loved it. She was just like, yeah, I'm going to have so many memories. And she's like, the pages... There's not enough pages. I have so many things I could write about these writing prompts. So I'm excited when grandma finishes that, filling out that book and just to be able to read it someday and shoot, turn it in, turn it into a book um, called Thelma. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it'd be like a co-project between my brother and I or something like that. Um, What else was I gonna tell you? Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I told her, I said, hey, when I call you, and next time and we talk, you're gonna have to tell me some of your stories, our answers to your writing prompts, so. Anyway, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing day, Lord. We thank you that you're a good Father. We thank you you're a gracious Father, you're a kind Father. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that we will have sober hearts, sober minds, just like Jeremiah, Lord, that uh, we will weep and um, 
have broken hearts, have ang be in anguish over the state of our country, the state of our own sin. And um, thank you, Lord, that you are doing a redemptive work, that you are doing a restorative work uh, in my brother's life, in my life. Um, even just all the seeds of my dad sowed in his time, 65 years on earth. Whether I have 30 more years, five more years, 100 more years here on earth, God, I just pray, God, that you would help me to, and those also listening, help us to complete the work that you've called us to do, Lord, that even some of us have received um, sentences of death, um, whether it's a diagnosis from a doctor um, saying that, uh, that it doesn't look well of sickness. Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus, God, for like that. Uh, the spirit of Hezekiah that came where Hezekiah asked for at least 15 more years and he granted it to him, Lord. I pray that nothing would stop us from achieving our destiny, from walking in our purpose. What good are we to you in the grave, Lord? What good are you we to you, Lord, to be tired and to be sick and to be filled with all kinds of um, ailments, Lord? I pray for healing in the name of Jesus, healing in the name of healing in our minds, healing in our bodies, healing in our souls. I pray against every lie of the enemy that tries to come and throw our past sins in our face, reminds us of who we used to be, God. I pray for a, a breakthrough, 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 breakthrough in all areas and in our finances especially. I pray for this this debt, Lord, that's before me, over $150,000 in debt. I pray it be erased in Jesus' name. I pray for a miracle, Lord, and I'll be able to come on this podcast and shout to people how God, how you got erased all of my debts, financially and spiritually. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. I'm about to get out here, wash my car, and pick up some folks. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path. And falling short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, I pray. Amen. Lord Jesus, give me water. I know Jesus gave me water.
Jesus, Jesus. 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 Jesus.